and welcome to I Am Here with Gabby and Amarilis. That's me. cousins here to share our stories, share the love and the healing together. And you can contact us as at IamHerePod at gmail.com. Let us know what you think or even come up with some suggestions if you want to Yeah, let us know what you want to hear. Yeah, let us know what you want to hear. Uh, also, feel free to comment your favorite part of the podcast or the video and follow us on YouTube at I Am Here Podcast and on Instagram at I Am Here Pod. Yes. At, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes not right. I Am Here Pod. Yes. It's just I yes. Am Here Pod. No, no, no. I Am, I am Here Pod. That, that's it. One of those things. One of those yeah. things. And then I think we're on we're on Facebook too, so you can yeah. get it. So hit us up. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Um, we'd love to yeah, hear from stories. You. Yeah, send us messages. Whoop. Whoop. Okay. Hey, hey. Yes. Hey. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm excited as always. I think I say that almost every time we do the show, oh, but yeah. this is a good one. Excited. Yeah. So we're going to talk about being a woman. Yes, that includes whatever this is. I don't know. It's not crump. No. What is this? It is crumping, I guess. Is this crumping? <gasps> That's old school crumping. Yeah. I know something about dancing. I can't dance. You're the one that dances. Because... And you know what's funny? I learned it from your mama. What? I did. I never learned. Oh, she always tried to teach me how to dance, and I didn't know. I was like, mm, I don't know. Anyway. I think about it. I'm like, yo, Titi Elna and like Titi Mili, Titi Chari, Janet. Like I was, I grew up watching them dance. I, they were dancing all the time, and Ooh. they trained me on how to dance. They didn't train me. Shame, shame. Hmm, I don't know. It's never too late. It's never too late to learn. No, it's not. Thinking about it too, it's just like we're talking about growing up and learning what it is to be a woman. Yeah. How did you learn what it is to be a woman? I learned to dance in a certain way. And mm. what's funny is I learned to be very flirty from your mom. Ha! <laughs> ha! That's funny. Yes! Deepi was so flirty. Like, innocent, but she's just like a flirty girl. Like, very... Yeah. Very flirty in the way she walked and the way she talked and the way she looked at you. Yeah, she'd always tell me that it was unintentional. And I'd be like, mm-hmm, yeah, sure, okay. And then now when I grow up, people are like, you're a very flirty person. I'm like, I really don't mean to be, like, at all. I'm just doing my thing. I'm just trying to, I'm being nice. And then it's not my fault. It's <laughs> not my fault that you think it's flirty. And I always but wanted to be like that. I want to be like your mom. I want to be like my mom, too. I think... She's so cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, but like legit when I when I the reason I brought this um topic up is because I was walking um I was walking back home because I went to the bank um and I was like I might as well walk there it's only a couple miles. So I was walking mm -hmm. back and I was more um as I was walking back I for some reason became very cognizant of the way I was walking. I was walking by myself nobody was with me. So I'm just walking and then I became cognizant of like the way my hips were swaying and the way like I was walking with like uh, like very straight back, you know, like yeah. my posture and my head held high. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, 
I just became cognizant and very aware. And I started yeah. laughing because people have pointed out my walk to me before. Mm. Like coworkers are like, dang girl, you got so much flow. Like when you're walking. Yep, that's <laughs> and that's I remember, cool. I remember um, Aleja, my little sister, had mentioned um, when she was in school, your mom, um, your mom worked in the same campus mm-hmm. as she was. So she saw Titi so far away and she saw Titi, she was just like moving and her hips were going from one side oh to the other God. side, one side to the other side. And Alicia was making fun of her. She's like, Titi, Titi, so much flow. Yo, okay, listen, she, okay, my mom, she will always, always, always talk about this because when she was 17 or something, she took modeling classes and I'm not sure why, but like. Why not? What do you mean Why? I mean, I'm not sure, like, if there was, like, if she was, like, trying to pursue something, or I think she was just taking it for fun. Yeah, uh, that was pretty common. Yeah, see, I don't know. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. All I know is that I, like, she would always bring it up, because I uh, would always, like, be hunching. So, mommy will always be like, Gabriela, tú tienes que sentarte bien. Like, first of all, sit, like, correctly, so that way you, you don't show to, like, show, you know, things that, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. and you have to make sure that you're walking with confidence. Like she always said, mm-hmm. uh, that you have to keep your head straight. And she always said it was like holding a pile of books on your head. And yeah. She did she do that for you? Yeah, she did. <laughs> I don't know. My mom did it for us too. And I think we just did it for fun, but I don't know why. Cause I do remember being in the living room and we're all walking, trying to balance a book on our head, yeah. but I think it was just a joke, but we did the same thing. <laughs> told me about it she was like this is what they did in modeling school and I was like all right cool that's so funny that she did the same thing to you like you watch that on tv and you think it's a joke but mommy literally did that to us too we're walking in a living room with books on our head and just like trying to make sure we had good posture like posture is so big yeah and I think a lot like I've actually thought about this a lot um in my life it's always been the women that have told me to have a strong Mm. posture and like a strong presence Mm -hmm. and I always wondered why that was but I kind of like growing up kind of brings that up to me like I always I think we we just had this conversation about how I want to be more intimidating or I want to like show my (laughs) you got the snapchat of me yes oh my gosh your snapchat standing on a chair trying to be more intimidating I'm taking up more space right now and you're gonna listen to what I'm saying because I'm standing on a chair and I have my hands on my hips. Like this girl right here. Well, that's what Wiki- Wikipedia said. Like I was just, I was listening to Wikipedia, WikiHow, and I Googled how to be more intimidating because I'm a five foot zero woman, tiny. Ooh. Yeah, we're small people. Yeah. But like I wanted to appear powerful and I think it's kind of weird that we have to, and, and it's like ingrained enough. At this point, we don't really think about it too much. But I, I still think about it a lot because I'm still improving my posture, but it's because I care about my back. <laughs> but like mm-hmm. thinking back to it, it was kind of like you have to almost like you feel like you have to be more powerful. You have to like have this sense of not don't mess with me, but it's more like a, hey, I'm here. Hey, look at that. I am here. Your mom set us up for the podcast. That's what this is. Oh, yeah, look at that. Look at that. But it is a bit of a sense of like, I am here, but maybe that's not the way you interpreted it. But I did get an interpretation that as a woman growing up, you do have to have a sense of almost being bigger. Mm -hmm. 
um, and don't mess with me attitude. Like yeah. I did get that um, as being a woman. Um, like with grandma, she she really showed me um, being feminine, being elegant, like the way you walk and having a lot of confidence and a straight back and your head high, regardless of how you yeah. feel. You know, that's always one thing that she's just like, no, you're going to be confident. You're going to keep your head up. Um, and she would, it was, it was like a constant reminder. It was incessant. It wasn't a one-time thing because um, grandma pretty much raised us um, because mommy and papi worked. So when we would, before school, we would go there um, and after school, we would stay there. She would feed us. She would do all the things where... Um, if we got sick, they called her. She would pick us up from school. She would take us to the doctor. Um, the doctor knew who she was. Like yeah. she was on a first term, uh, a first name basis with them. Um, <laughs> she would go to our school events. She was there to volunteer. She did. She's pretty much our second mom. She did everything. Like we were her girls. Um, so she took a big role in teaching us what it is to be a woman. Um, in, in caring for us and, and how we take care of ourselves um, and how we present ourselves. And I think about it, um, and again, like it's the simple, when I walk, people laugh, and I'm like, my grandma taught me how to walk. Like, it's not my fault. <laughs> and they laugh, and it's just like, well, my grandma was cool. What do you want me to do? She was so strong. And that's like one thing, like you were talking about being powerful and being present. And that's one thing that she taught, taught us, is like, you can be powerful in your femininity, but don't let anybody play with you. So like, cause she would like, she, she was the one that would be like, don't like that same attitude of don't mess with me. I'm a woman, but I'm also, um, I, I will get you. I will get you. And she shared a lot of those stories of how she protected herself, how, um, and gave us a lot of, she was just streetwise. My grandma was really streetwise. Um, and just because of the experiences that she had, but she instilled that in us too of like, this is what this means. This is what that means. This is what you can do. This is how you check people. This is how you defend yourself. Um, grandma would be in her dresses and her heels and then she would come home, kick off her heels, change into pair of pants and she would be out there working on her car. She was like, she was out there with the guys working on her car and how to make it work. Like, she there was no there was no separation in the aspect she's like i could be a woman but i'm no, i'm gonna handle things you know she was the one that was shoveling snow not my grandpa he was not out there it was her who was shoveling snow out there she's the one that handled the uh, the 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 um the backyard like she handled business she ran the finances so i'm yeah. seeing this as a young girl seeing this woman who's feminine sexy um, elegant and she gets down and dirty handles business is the one that's taking care of um, the household and the car and all of these things um, so I'm seeing this superwoman and I'm thinking okay this is what a this is what a woman is a woman handles the home cares for kids um, and makes sure that the house is running and doesn't take crap from anybody wow. she was um, she's the one that's gonna uh, tell you straight up if you're wrong you know, mm. and my dad would come over and she would feed him and like all my uncles would come over. Everybody was hanging out there. And I learned through her and my mom because my mom was a working professional, mom, just like your mom, just like the Tielna. Um, 
she was a working professional. Um, she, she worked and, and I saw her leaving the house dressed and with her makeup on and where her hair did, um, going and working as an accountant. Um, she would leave and I saw her as a professional woman. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, so I, I'm, I'm going to be um, a professional woman. Like education was big, yeah. big on both sides of our family. Like yeah. on my mom's side and my dad's side, like being a woman with a master's was not anything weird. Yeah. I think it's interesting because like, I like how, okay, it's so important how these traditionally quote unquote male stereotypical aspects she she was owning those things because those are not it, it's everybody's it's not just a man's job to do x y and z or be the provider it was just mm. a person's job and i really think that's an, and like how long ago was this was this like this wasn't too i mean not that you're not old or anything i'm not saying that well, you guys check yourself no, 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 what are you gonna say <laughs> i'm not saying that but like um like around the time that she grew up like that she was working and everything uh i assume it was a little frowned upon for women to still be well mama my grandma she i could um she didn't really work she was not allowed to work actually grandma um was not allowed to go to school um when uh -huh when she was growing up and that's the story that she shared with us afterwards that she didn't really share with her kids but then she shared with her grandkids um which you know you get a little softer and you start getting closer to your grandkids yeah. than your kids um but she wasn't allowed to go to school when she was growing up her dad and her family wanted her to quit school so she could tend to the house yeah that's actually very common yeah, I think in like our grandparents' generation, because I know Mama Ramonita had the same issue. Yeah, she had like, the same problem. Our mutual grandma had the same issue where she was not allowed. But Mama Nila on mommy's side, she would sneak out yep. to go to school. Isn't yeah. that crazy that they had to do that? They had to do that. And yeah, I think that's insane. Because right now it's kind of like everyone is told, okay, gotta go to school, gotta go to school, regardless of gender. Um, and they just... It was something that they had to sneak out to do. It's kind of like when you go to a party with your friends, you have to sneak out the window. And I mean, not that I did that. I'm not one of, you know, I'm not ratting myself. You're telling on yourself. <laughs> um, no, I was a good girl, but I'm just saying like, yeah, that, that's so funny because we take those things for granted a lot of the But time. I think also part of it is like, because our grandmothers were, forbidden from getting a higher education i think that's why our moms became like super super professional almost to like an um an extreme yeah because i know mommy is definitely um very much into her work and she loves her work and and she loves studying just like your mom um yeah. so then we grew up with seeing very nurturing um um housewives pretty much because both were like their our grandmothers were housewives who tended to the house who nurtured who cared for their kids who cared for their grandkids who just were loving caretakers um and then we saw our mothers being the working professional yeah. high highly educated women yeah. and i think part of it is because our grandmothers weren't able to do it, they did everything they could to make sure their daughters could. Yeah. 
I think that's interesting too, because like, like you said, we were both <laughs> raised by our grandmas. Like you were raised by your maternal grandmother yep. and I was also raised by my maternal grandmother, but they were separate. They were completely yeah, different. Yeah, your maternal grandmother is my paternal grandmother. Yeah, so <laughs> I think it's really interesting because you had an entirely different idea of, at least in my opinion, of femininity. Yes, um, while, I agree. <laughs> yes. So, like, while we both had that same, that same type of uh, experience with our, our mom being that professional, mm -hmm. strong woman, and then our grandmothers also being strong and nurturing and tending to the house a lot more, I, I mm. just think it's interesting how they, depending on how they grew up and the experiences that they had, shaped them into who they were. Because I remember you would tell me a lot about your mama Nilda and how she had to fend for herself, had to be the one to be, like you said, like had that kick-ass attitude, like, hey, like here I am and I'm going to, like if you mess yes, with me. because, okay, Mama Nilda, um, Mama Nilda, I remember, I, I, I just bringing up, she, she married my grandfather who was a merchant marine. Yeah. So he was out of the house for months at a time. So she was left home to care for her kids and their kids like the girls because they just had girls um and one of the stories just to give you a little bit of mama's attitude um and how she was very nurturing but she wasn't going to take nothing from nobody she was going to defend whatever yeah. so one night papa he comes home without letting her know he came back from his trip early so it's late at night and he's just coming into his house coming to his home grandma comes out because she hears a noise and she's in her robe she's in her bata okay because she's she's still a classy lady so she has her long robe and it's all nice and satin and she's this is this is the story they tell us so she has her satin robe and she comes out with the, the with the gun and she comes out with the gun and she's out here and she's like about to and he's screaming Nisha, don't shoot don't shoot it's me it's me because she's gonna handle business yeah oh that's so <laughs> never, funny i can never imagine like mama ramonita doing that no no because she had an entirely different experience growing up and of course like she was kick-ass in her own way but yes. i think it's really really important like the fact that you had explained to me a lot of the situations that caused your mama nilda to get to that point where she felt like she had to fend for herself um whereas i know a lot of the time in Mama Jamonita's case, she had to experience similar things, but she was like very much um, forced into being the person to take care of the house entirely because of her. She had a, a large amount of brothers and she had one younger sister and uh, her mom died when she was 19 mm. and she immediately was thrown into the situation where we, she had to she had to be the one to to help in the house. She had to be the one she that became mom. was a mom. Yeah. Mm. So, and I actually look a lot to that because, like, in my situation, too, like, I lost my mom at 15. And then uh, even though, like, we all have, like, a much more mutual understanding of, like, this is what we can do to help in the house, it was not like that at, at her time. It was very sexist. And uh, she had experienced a lot of sexism, especially coming from her dad, who was, she also had to be his caretaker because he was blind and then mm -hmm. she had all of that on top of not being allowed to work and she would sneak out 
like she would also sneak out she took advantage of the fact that he was blind <laughs> and she snuck out and she would sell clothes to the private school to like uh the private school girls because they were richer and she was entirely in poverty um so like our grandmothers both had to like sneak out to do what they needed to do in order to provide and she would go she would sell them to sell those those clothes to her to her um to her students too because she would also like semi-teach she never finished i don't think she ever finished high school like, i don't even think she really because she definitely mm -hmm. didn't go to college um and no, it's funny because like i think about that it's just like they had to fight for their education because it was not needed as a woman your job is to tend to the house and um tend to your family that's it and just seeing how they rebelled you know each one in their own way but they totally rebelled and were like f this i'm going to get educated and do me in some way or another um because yeah. with mama ninda um she also would have stories of like she did she did finish high school she had to fight through it because her mom died at seven when mama was seven yeah. Uh, she died of tuber tuberculosis, and it was the same story of having to um, tend to the home because her siblings were all grown. Um, mm. And when their mom died, they left her like, uh-uh, I ain't staying here. But grandma was only seven, so she stayed, and then she became the woman of the house, and she had to tend and clean and all these things. She couldn't, she didn't have an escape. But she got a college education. Let me tell you how. This is how, like, this, and it just all goes back to being a woman of just, like, the the smarts, the, um, just the wittiness that I think we learned from the examples we had of grandma got a college education, but she didn't ever get a degree. Why? Because when my grandpa went to school, he went back to school, he went to college. You know who did all his homework and his assignments? Grandma. Oh, he, he has the degree to his name, but all the work was grandma. Mm. So she could sit with me and really help me with my homework because she understood all the things, even though she didn't have a degree. Oh, that's so crazy. Because her, her um, role as a woman was supporting her man, but she also knew this is a way I could learn. Yeah. That's so interesting. Oh, that's... Okay, so this is like kind of related, but not really. So there's this really good play called In the Heights. Um, mm. And I, I think about it a lot. And there's this one part where there's this girl and she's singing about her grandmother or the community grandmother, like in the El Barrio, that had passed away. And there's a part where it's like, um, teach me everything you know is like a line of the song because uh, the grandma wasn't, she didn't, wasn't able to have the education that she wanted because she had immigrated from Cuba. And she was like essentially teaching her all the things she learned in school and like i th i think about that and i think about what you're saying and then i also think about our other grandma i think about mama jamonita mm -hmm. and like my earliest memories are sitting with her and then i'm like in her house because she she raised me practically mm -hmm. growing up and i'm sitting with her and then i have to do math or something and one she's blind two she doesn't know much about, about any, not, I mean, not anything. That's not what I want to say, but like any of like the algebra we were doing, mm -hmm. because she, she never learned that part of it. And she would just sit with me and she would ask me what I learned. And she would ask me about the stuff I learned in, in school. 
And then even though she I had so much curiosity, yeah, she wanted curiosity. to know. And that curiosity was like support. It was like, I may not have been able to have this, but I support that you have it. And through you, I have it in a certain way. And I, I think about femininity and I think about all the mm -hmm. things we learned about how to be a woman and how essentially, like I said, our grandmas were entirely different. Yes. But they, <laughs> like thinking about the femininity part too, like my, like my grandma, <laughs> like our grandma, the one that we share, uh, Mama Jamonita, like I think about her and I think about how when it came to femininity, it was kind of like, okay, these things have to do with, okay, these are the home aspects of it being nurturing because these are, these are important, but also the whole aspect of being careful, like you said, mm -hmm. um, except it wasn't so much of a, I, it wasn't a fight back. It wasn't a fight back attitude. It was almost like, be careful, like not meaning to instill fear, but it was, it was instilled there. Um, it's almost like a, a runaway and because uh, I got that too like and that's the thing like I was raised by Mamanila but we were like a block away from Mama exactly. <laughs> it was not far at all so we were there um every week you know mm -hmm. and she was a pivotal point um and 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 contributor into being a woman and I think of like those um lessons too of just like be careful you know guard yourself um because there's almost a message of um be vulnerable you're you're vulnerable you're you're like almost a gift as a woman and there's this vulnerability um yeah. whereas with like mama it was like i like mama nilda i learned that as a woman i could be feminine and walk in my power um and fight um yeah. with my power with like with Mamanila, there was like a toughness, you know, like I know I felt so much love, but it was like a very protective, yeah. like protective, strong love. Where when Mama Ramonita, it's so funny because I have memories where I'm just like, there's simple things, but the way she brushed my hair was so different. Yeah. And it was like, I remember staying with her um, for a certain time in my childhood. Um, and noticing that in my head it switched because my mom and my my maternal gram were a little rough <laughs> you know we were a little rough because they're like you're a woman you could take it you know like you're just you're just strong person you just gotta take it right yeah. but going to mama ramonitas there was she had this tenderness yeah. this softness and just with brushing my hair where she was not pulling it and I didn't have to like cry like she yeah. could she could just like it's simple small things like just take she could undo my knots because my hair was always very long and very like difficult to manage mm -hmm. and she could have this softness and apologize to me like oh I'm sorry did that hurt you know I'm, I'm, I'm sorry like okay I, and listening to me, like a being able to listen to me as a child and um, give me that respect of just hearing what I had to say and being curious, like you're saying, being like very supportive in that way of, she taught me that a woman can be tender. A woman can be soft. There is, um, there's this wisdom and loving kindness that comes from a feminine energy and I got that from Mama Ramita. 
I, I learned that from her. I was just like, yeah. whoa, I don't have to be like this tough, tough girl. I could be like let the guard down. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's it's so it's so interesting because I also think about supportiveness, and I I really learned that a woman could be supportive, and and something that makes it's not just women; it's just people in general. We should be supportive of each other, but I think women we need to stick together and we need to be supportive of each other, um, and that's something I learned with Mama too. Like she was very Mama Jamonita she was very um, supportive of her children, supportive of me, supportive of her grandchildren whenever, like I think back to my earliest memories of being a little kid and then me telling her, I wanna be an astronaut. And then her being like, you can do it, you're smart. Or me being like, oh, I want to be, I even said, I wanna be a, I didn't even like football at the time. I wanna be a football coach. And she'd be like, you can do it, you got mm. this. Or I'm like, oh, I want to be a secretary. I want to be like all these different things. And then I remember the day that I told her and I was like maybe 12, I told her I wanted to be a writer. And she like said, yeah, do it. You can do it. So start right now. You, you can say that you're saying that you're going to do it. Start, it. Just, <laughs> you start right now. She was all about action. It's like, okay, do it. And of course, mm. everything she did was with love. So she straight up was like, okay, but if you're going to do it, do it for the right reasons. Don't do it because of money. And she always told me, like, don't do the thing that will give you more money. Do the thing that will make you happy. And it's weird because most people, when I used to say, I want to be a writer, always, always were like, give a backup plan or no, be a doctor. Or like, even my mom was like, no, you're smart enough to be a doctor. She was all about education. And like out to the point where like I even like pretended I wanted to be a doctor and then I, I went to, to school like <laughs> when I went to, to uh, high school I took anatomy and like even though I really wanted to take creative writing too or like another creative writing class I was like no I'm gonna take anatomy because I'm smart enough to be a doctor but then mama Jamonita, like my grandma would always be like did you write anything new like what's mm. what's it, what's up like not only did she support it, but she encouraged you to practice it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, mm. She would always ask me to read, even if it were in English, and she asked me to translate it. So whenever I wrote uh, a story or a poem, she had me translate it. She would have me read it in English entirely first, and then translate it line by line, so that way she could understand what I was saying. Um, and she always had something to say about it. So like supportive being supportive was so she helped you really develop your craft that's pretty insane Gabby yeah and I think it's interesting because I mean of course I always had to be the one to read it to her because like she couldn't read it herself like I mean she had her little magnifying glass but like that yeah was like she wasn't completely fine but it was hard for her to see yeah it was gonna be too much of a strain on her eyes so it was kind of like the fact that she even asked for me to like give her copies of my writing was so cute because I was like I know that even sitting down and like trying to read it is hard for you but you and it's in another language not even in your language mm -hmm. and like I remember when she passed away actually like after she died we had we're looking through the stuff she had and she had piles mm -hmm. piles of my short stories and my poems and I remember thinking to myself they're in English they're not good I, I wrote them when I was 11 or 12 and she just kept them 
and she was what 20 no I was like 20 or 21 when she passed away and mm -hmm. the fact that she still kept those things mm -hmm. it just showed how and like you said encouraging and supportive she and was. she did that with all her grandchildren yeah all of them and that's the thing like I think about those moments um, because we had so many different examples of strong women and they were strong in so many different ways. Like with her, it was this tenderness, this genuine love um, for people, for her family, like caring for us and our stories. Like she would really sit and listen to our stories on purpose. We would do the craziest things the craziest things and she would sit at the table and be like tell me your story you know and we're talking about how we were running in the cornfield in our pajamas and we got pulled over by the cops and she's like tell me more about what happened and she's just laughing with us um but just the like genuine care and love and nurturing and the whole um did you eat did you eat no no i'm good i'm good here's a plate of food like wait a minute, I just told you I don't want to eat. Here's your plate of food, like this whole nurturing. And you know what's crazy? I catch myself doing it. <laughs> like, I catch myself doing that. I'm like, ah, it's so stuck in me. Because um, as I grew up, because it wasn't just my mom, but my other grandma would do the same thing of like, do you want coffee? You want juice? What do you want? You want like, there's a love in feeding and nurturing. Yeah. Um, and as a woman, I think of like, well, that's what a woman does. You learn um, nurturing, I care, I, I provide, you know? Um, yeah. But then there's also this, I, I, I have to tend to the house. I have to clean uh, the, and it's not even a have to. It's almost like I yeah. want to. Like yeah. I find joy in cleaning, which ugh, sometimes, but because <laughs> sometimes I get too overwhelmed in it. Like today, for example, I was like, yeah, I woke up. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to put the music on. I'm going to clean. I feel good. I'm going to make my home my home. And we're going to, mm, 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 right? I'm going to feel the, the, like, the home vibes. And it's just like taking pride in taking care of how it feels. Um, because it was, you know, another thing of like always coming to my grandma's house and she would rearrange something. Like now she had new wallpaper um, mm -hmm. that she wanted. Like very much into just how things felt and and um, yeah. the beauty of it right I so i'm like yes i want to arrange things and i want to make it nice but then i thought about it because i knew we were going to talk about this today and like five hours later as i'm still cleaning my house all right because i'm on my knees let me tell you i was like buffing the floor because i have um wood flooring so i'm on the floor on my hands and knees like buffing it making sure it's nice and shiny mm -hmm. like and i'm like exhausted i'm exhausted but i'm like this is mommy's fault like in my head I'm thinking this is mom's fault because it can't be me you know so I'm like this perfectionism that I had just with the yes. cleanliness of my home and the way I do things I also learned from the women in my family and it's an important part of being a woman of being yes. clean and being extremely clean and doing things exactly the right way Mm. so I'm like there is this level of because I remember Saturdays were the day of cleaning we talked about that already yep. but, um, it's just like Saturdays is like all right you wake up you have the music on and you're cleaning 
and we would like have our, our jobs. And if things were not done properly, like if I thought it was done because I'm, I'm, as a child and as a mm-hmm. It's good enough, right? Then oh man, like I would get woken up from bed and be like, "Uh uh-uh, no, come back here, like go go redo it, go redo it until it's done right." I think too, but like, I it just came to me right now to a lot of the times that's almost like an adaptation thing, like it kind of like is, and it's also passed down from generation to generation Mm -hmm. because in in their time like our and also in our grandmother's time and our great grandmother's time <laughs> yeah. the only thing they could control was their home the only thing you could truly control um was making that a home and the fact that they could give it their all mm. is something that's passed on to us and while like the se- the sentiment is beautiful because the fact that a, a woman is home a woman is a lot of the time say that again a woman is home oh my gosh i felt that we're not a vacation spot we're a place to live in and to cherish and to love and that's what a woman is and like that sentiment is beautiful and then it's kind of wow that was powerful gabby oh it's it's i'm I'm just like chewing on it i'm like whoa oh no i'm sorry no it's all good it's all good um, but I, what I think about that too, is it's a little bit sad because at the time that our grandparents and our great grandparents were around, the only thing they could control was like what they had being housewives, um, cleaning, like raising your kids. So you give it your all to the point where unknowingly it's almost passed down through generation to generation, mm-hmm. that perfectionism. Yes, it because is. This is the thing that, you know, this is what makes you strong in a way like to them and we don't know why we do the things we do and we don't know why we're so perfectionistic but a lot of the times it's that same reason it's like we want to make a home we want to spread that love we want to be a home for someone oh my gosh it's like crazy because you say like okay now i'm thinking about it of like my grandmother's being um forbidden from working outside of the home and like their messages, like being a woman is cleaning and, and cooking and doing it right because you have people depending on you and you have to do it in a certain way. And it's almost like being a woman is being clean and that's pretty much like part of, of your identity, mm-hmm. right? Oh my gosh, pff, like blowing my brains here. Like, and then passing that on to our moms because mommy such a smart woman and almost like living the life grandma couldn't have you know being able to get an education to work um and to have a career um and almost like our grandmothers being so proud of their daughters because wow, they could live something that I can never have. And I think that's a big part into why our grandmothers um, raised us as their grandchildren. Because they knew that being a woman is caring for family. And they also knew that their daughters did not have the time to fully do that because they were living a profession, they were living a career. 
And because our grandmothers wanted to support that, they took away that burden from mm -hmm. them of being able to, like the burden of, of having babysitters and daycares. Cause I know my, like uh, my maternal grandma was like, uh-uh, ain't nobody else caring for my grandkids because if something happens to them, uh-uh, they better be with me kind of thing. Yeah. And again, that protective uh, factor, but also wanting to open the path for her daughter to be able to walk without having to worry about something else, you know, about um, not uh, sacrificing her education and sacrificing her um, career because she also wants a family. So it's almost like the grandmothers are supporting their daughters by caring for us and loving us. Yeah. Um, and I just remember like the perfectionism mommy had and sometimes the things watching my mom as her kid of like, there was times of, of self-doubt of like, am I a good yeah. enough woman because yes. I can't do what my mom does. You know, mm -hmm. I can't, I can't be my mom. And I'm like, yo, but you're working for like 40 plus hours and going to school. Like it's impossible. It's impossible to be like so advanced in your career and also raised three girls that she had at the time then also came 10 years later um and being able to keep a house the way you were taught to like to have every detail exactly where it is it's impossible for one woman to do that and as i as a grown woman now i think of like wanting to live that and achieve that level of a uh, very tidy house and clean and and home while also having a profession and yeah. and and excelling in that and being an all-star in that and i'm like these were two different women doing two different jobs yeah. i just got the benefit of it mm -hmm. my grandma was taking care of the home she was taking care of us to open a path for mom to live her career and that was another like strong woman that i saw like doing what she had to do but there were two different people doing the job of what I thought one woman is. Yep. That is, and then I think that that brings about a completely different type of perfectionism in trying to be two women, trying to be two different types of women, or just like trying to do everything. All of it. Because that's what a woman is, Gabby. Like, that's part of it. It's like being a woman is you do all of the things and you do them perfectly. But it's mm. not. <laughs> I, yeah, I know, but that's what we were taught, and that's what's like. It just it and it just, wasn't something that they told us. It's just like something we saw, and we're like, oh, yeah. It's something that we were taught by by just watching it, just <sighs> watching it, like, um, wow. and like I think too. There's sometimes there's sadness and there's shame in not being able to do all of those things, depending on who you're speaking to, too. Like, um, growing up with a lot of aunts and uncles and a lot of aunts. I was surrounded by them constantly. And I think about everyone had a completely different idea of what being a woman was, but also even if they shared that idea of um, a woman as someone who tends and cares for the house, they all had different ways of doing it. Yeah. They all had different ways. And in the process that perfectionism was like taken over and like a lot of the time that was placed on their children or on in my case me um, <laughs> yeah because you became a child for a lot of aunts and uncles yeah yeah 
and that idea of okay if you want to cut the uh, onions you have to cut them <laughs> like this or oh you have to like there are so many times okay if i could tell you all the ways that i learned how to make rice i can't even make rice to begin with like and still apparently there were so many different ways i was taught like it was just the idea of there was so so much instruction so many different uh opinions in so many different ways that i'd beat myself up and be like i'm not doing this right i'm not doing this right um and i actually was talking and i know i know that that, that doesn't necessarily have to be just with women because i know my dad had a similar experience he, he was explaining it to me um but i think for the women it's kind of a little bit intense because it's not just okay we have to be a professional and we have to like you said mm. excel in that and be good and get the promotion and everything but we also have to tend to the house and we also have to do it correctly and what does that look like for me when i've been told that there's so many different ways for it to be correct it's so funny because i remember um because i didn't have that experience I didn't have that experience where I had so many different um, rules. Well, with cooking, with cleaning, and it's funny because because okay, so I laugh because mommy mommy took um, a big role in helping me know how to tend to a house. Mama, she did everything. When I try to help her, she would push me out of the kitchen and be like, get out of here, get out of here. Like, and I'm like, I'm trying to help you. And she's like, yeah, 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 that's sweet. And then she would bump me with her hip. She's like, yeah, 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 get, like, <laughs> get out of here. Yeah, she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's cute, get out. Like, um, but with mom, mom really trained me on how to do certain things. Um, and she really took um, that strong role of, uh, like, this is how you do it. Um, but now we're cooking, right? Because mommy didn't like to cook. Mom knows how to cook and she's a very good cook, but she don't like it. So she's not going to do it, right? But teaching us how to clean, she was very perfectionist with it. And I remember um, arguing with mom a lot with cleaning. Of I'm like, why do I have to do it that way? Yep. And, and she was like, and oh man, it was like, mom will tell you, if you ask mommy, she would tell you, like, I was one of the most difficult kids. I think if not the most difficult kid. I'm trying to be nice to myself. But I think she would tell you I was the most challenging kid that she had to raise because I was so headstrong. I, I think maybe I got better in time. <laughs> but um, I would always challenge her. I would always challenge her. And that was frustrating. And I remember, like, after um, I got older, we would talk about it. Cause she's like, oh, you were so difficult. I would tell you to do one thing if it was pick it up and you would like bend your fingers backwards not to pick it up, right? Yeah, yeah I was extreme. But I remember like being like, why do I have to do it that way if the end product is the same? Like, yeah. why do I have, it, have to do it your way? It doesn't make sense the way you do it. Look, it, I did it. It's like, um, <laughs> It's done. Like, why are you hassling me? Right? Don't watch me how I do it. I'm just doing it. Yeah. Um, and I remember talking to her after I grew up. And she's like, I learned through my kids that there can be 10 million ways to do the same thing. Because that was like a hard lesson for her. She really thought that you have to do one thing. And I guess I, like, I broke her. Um, and we probably <laughs> broke her. <laughs> but... <laughs> but 
yeah but it's just like she kind of ceded to the fact like okay it doesn't have to be my way because she's still doing it and that's okay um and i remember you coming over here on vacation and you having that little like little nervousness of like i'm like go cook breakfast go cook and do something just just make something i don't it doesn't matter just go ahead and cook i gotta do something Nope. you're like oh, i don't know how to cook i don't know how to do it right i don't know if it's gonna be right I, i'm like i don't know how to dice these things i'm like the girl this is what you do yeah. you just go in there and you grab whatever feels right and if 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 uh you feel like onion powder you feel like onion powder if you feel like dicing it like this you, do, you dice it that way it doesn't matter as long as it comes out good we're gonna eat it anyways like yeah. do you and feel whatever feels good um yeah. because that's the way i learned how to cook and that's the thing that wasn't a mom that wasn't a woman thing in our household it was an everybody thing because again mommy didn't like cooking and papi loved to cook he loved mm -hmm. to cook people but it brings up a question because we're talking about like perfectionism and uh, like just household duties and things like that and i was mentioning how papi was a pivotal role in teaching me how to cook and you mentioned that it didn't just happen with women that your dad also mentioned that he had a lot of conflicting stories um and what was right yeah. and what was wrong so my question to you is how did the men in your life teach you what it means to be a woman Ooh. oh boom that's a really really interesting question um wow I think they learn from the men in my life what they have taught me yeah is almost like what they've learned in some aspects is is what they've learned from the women in their lives and how who they are because I okay so it's kind of weird because my okay so my mom died when I was 15 uh -huh. but I feel like I'm getting to know her through my dad all the time mm -hmm. and it's almost like even though it's him saying the things about her I'm still learning from her so I don't know if that counts necessarily but like um learning about the things that she did and how she cared for my dad and and not just cared but like supported um uplifted and how he uplifts her he taught me that it's okay to it's okay to be the one that is that is the provider now and then. Like it's okay because mm. he, because even though I mean, my mom had the the job that paid more, and he was never ashamed of that. You know, um, my dad didn't make as much money. Um, he has an associate degree, and but he was not. You know, it's not something he's ashamed of. Yeah. Um, it was never something my mom was ashamed of either. Mm -hmm. It was something that they shared equally. And he had this thing about he would step back to help her step in um, when it came to being the provider for the family a lot of the time. And he taught me that it's okay to be those things, that there's nothing shameful about that, that there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with being the one who takes care of the finances, that takes care of like organizing things when it came to um, getting things done. 
And it was not that he was not doing it because he was also mm-hmm. helping her, but it was a lot. He was just taking a step back in order for her to, to live her dream. It's almost like that. It wasn't even about being like the provider per se, but she had a dream of advancing her career and he yeah. saw that and yeah. wanted to support that. And what I learned about being a woman is that it's not about, it's not about being like being a woman isn't mm. necessarily about being the person that's like in the house all the time doing all these different uh, domestic uh, mm. things. It's like the man can do that too. Ah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I that, told you my that, dad was the one that was cooking at home and he would exactly. come home from work and clean. Exactly. And that's something that my dad taught me because like he would be the one to take me to school in the morning, get me ready, like mm. pack my lunch, like teach me how to like That's so cute. Yeah, he was the one who did it. And then he would take me to school, he would pick me up, you know, it was he was the one who took care of me a lot of the time because my mom would have to be studying or have to do things. And he taught me that it was okay. And it was okay to, and it was more than okay to pursue a career because it's not about being a woman when it comes to that. It's about being a person, having, being a person, but also having a partner too that supports you. Because a lot of the time we feel we have to be X, Y, and Z because the other opposite person or not the opposite, our other partner or our partner will have this judgment of us or won't let us do something but um in reality it's when you find the right person like they you know you can be whoever you want you can be someone you can chase your dreams and you can do what you need to do and there's nothing wrong with that and that's what he taught me (laughs) and what that's crazy is because now thinking about where our grandmothers came from and seeing where you as a woman can be they were limited because of the image and ideal of what a woman should and should not be mm-hmm. there you are years later where the message you're getting from your dad is as a woman you are limitless as a woman you're you, you're not stopped you're you're powerful and you can go as far as you choose to what did your dad teach you about being a woman? That's a good question, even though I asked you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking of my Yeah, I was like, because I was like thinking of the men generally in my life. Um, I think with Bobby himself, there was always something that he would mention of um, would be very proud. He would be very proud of his daughters. You know, um, he would, and, and he would brag on us, Yeah. but he would say, my daughters are very feminine, but they are not delicate. Mm. And I remember sitting there at the table, like when he's saying this to like one of his homies, um, cause he's not, he, he never brags to us. Like he would never say nice things to us. He would say nice things about us to other people. And we just happen to be in the room sometimes when it would happen. But for the most part, like when, like the relationship that I had with Papi and like that I saw with my mom too was very playful and a bully type. Like it was a lot of, 
tit for tat, like a lot of jokes and, and like teasing. And that's how I understood what, like his, his love language. I know we talked about this before that may have been acts of service, but I think his love language is bullying. Um, ah, because, we, does. we all have a little bit of that. Because so we wouldn't hear that, but he would say that. And I remember being at the table of like, when he said, my, my girls are feminine, but they're not delicate. And I remember looking at him and not getting it. I was a teenager and I'm like, what? And I punched him in the arm. I'm like, what? Like almost trying to prove that I was delicate by punching him in the arm. Like afterwards, I'm like, I was like, wait, hmm, maybe I'm not helping my kids. (laughs) And he would just laugh, right? Um, He would just laugh, but I'm like, those are the, like, he almost encouraged what mommy and grandma instilled in my brain. He almost like cemented and confirmed that being a woman is being feminine, but holding your own. And I think that's a big thing of what he admired about mommy, um, that he would tease her and he would make fun of her and he would say stupid things. And she always had a comeback. Mm. Like, and she always had a comeback that was smarter than his and made him shut up. That's living the dream. (laughs) (laughs) That's honestly like, that's relationship goals. Like having- Oh my gosh, that's funny. No, no, literally, like, I, I aspire to do that. Like, your mom, I just want to be like, listen, you say this about me, but, but of course, like, with love. It was, it's never like. Yes, it always was love. And, like, um, it was not, like, like, I remember talking about it, I think, to um, one of our cousins. Um, and I'm like, yo, that's, like, the kind of love that I learned because that's what I saw, of, like, the teasing, the playfulness, like, the back and forth. None of this, none of this. I love you, cute stuff. None of that. It's more like the back and forth, like, right? And he's like, that's because your parents had that third grade love. And I'm like, third grade love? I love that. I was like, wait, what? And I was like, I guess. But, but, but all that to say, like, I learned through my dad that a woman is witty. A woman is smart. A woman is sharp. And she's going to outsmart you because my mom would always have the smartest comebacks. And he would like tease her to the point where he couldn't tease her anymore because he had nothing else to say because she shut him down. And she would embarrass everybody. And what would he do? He would laugh. Like he would laugh. And as she would walk away, like her little pride full walk, like, mm-hmm, I did that. I won. Yeah. I won. Um, she wouldn't see those moments, but I would because I would watch them she would leave and he would smile and he would admire her as she walked away or when she was singing and rocking the baby like when also was born she would sing and rock and he would tease her he'd be like you're you're messing up that song don't like that song you're, you're killing that song my mom's saying it but you're killing that song don't sing that song and she's like whatever and she's singing and then as he would laugh just to bother her he would admire her and look at her with so much love and just watch her from like the door frame. She had her back turned towards him. He, she didn't see that. And I remember telling her these stories and I'm like, you don't, you don't know the way he looked at you. Like, you don't remember, like he expressed it in a different way. He didn't say those words to you, but he expressed it in the way he, he looked at you and the way he talked to you, just like, and the teasing and the holding you. And he always opened the door for mom. Like, Papi passed away about like a week before their 25th anniversary. 
Mm. Um, but that man, I grew up seeing him always opening the car door for mom. Always. Like she would just sit there and wait and he will walk around and open the door. And I remember telling mom, I'm like, mom, you can open the door. Why you don't open the door for yourself? And she's like, no, he's the man he could do it. If he wants to do it, he's going to open the door for me. And she would, yes. Like, so what I learned from my dad about being a woman is being witty, being smart, being, um, being a person that I can challenge you in certain ways. And it's loved. It's loved. And, um, what I learned from my mom in those moments was demanding and respecting, um, the role as a woman, you know, kind of demanding the respect from my man and, and allowing my man to be a man, you know, allowing my husband to be a husband, uh, to be a man and, and care for me. Like I'm going to let him take this role because that's my role as a woman, you know, that's what I deserve. Um, and I, I like, and that's for me as a grown up now, <laughs> I'm like, that is a big challenge for me. Those are lessons that I learned but I know that they're still hard for me to almost live out. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I think it's interesting because it's like, it's almost like we know, we definitely, at least we should know. <laughs> I want to learn to know that these are things that we can do for ourselves, but we let the other person do because it's, it's an act of love from their end. Yeah. Because um, a lot of the times people maybe are shown that they are not able to do those things that this is something that the that the man can do and we can't but it's not that it's almost like a sense of like and i i know i i say this because i do it you know and i want to touch on this because like um it came to my mind of like these are things and experiences that we learned and how we identify for ourselves as the woman we want to be yeah but it's not like the definition of what women is in general, because everybody identifies it for themselves. And I think we see that in just our conversation of how it's kind of changed over generations yeah, of and how each one of us define it for ourselves, because this is really just a very personal of what I think a woman is for me, the kind of woman that I want to be. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that every woman is the same um, and is not the same and should be treated um, according to what that woman demands, right? Yeah. Um, can't generalize this. Yeah. But I do think about me and the challenges that I have as the woman that I want to be. Uh, not emasculating men mm -hmm. in order to be, like, seen as a tough, like, mm -hmm. you know, equal part. I think sometimes, um, like, being able to accept that love and accept the person's role in my life is something that I, I, um, I'm still working on and recognize. And it comes back to that softness of being able to stand in my femininity and not have to have all this masculine energy to feel seen, to be big, to be safe. Yeah, because but what I, does that mean though? Like masculine energy versus feminine energy. Like what does that mean though? Can't, it be the same can't like being strong and even taking up space mm -hmm. and, can't that be a woman trait a feminine trait or this is the way i understand it 
and it may be wrong. So anybody who's listening or watching, help correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but this is the way I understand it. There is a difference between feminine and woman. Mm. It's not the same thing. There's a difference between masculine and man. It's not the same thing. The way I understand it is we all have feminine and masculine traits and energy. I almost think of it as like right side of the brain, left side of the brain, where mm -hmm. traditionally, okay, traditionally, um, like um, left side of the brain, which is more like considered, like it's in more in charge of like analysis, organization, math, um, logical. Traditionally, mm -hmm. that's considered masculine energy. We oh. all have that. Okay. We all have masculine energy, no matter what um, sex you are or what gender you are. We all have that. Now, there are, um, like, the, um, what is it? The right side of the brain is more creative, more passionate, more nurturing, more emotive. Um, mm -hmm. That's traditionally seen as feminine. But we also all have that, no matter sex or gender. Oh, man. Right? So... Cause I even took a test. I took a test on like how uh, masculine or feminine like energy, like what is your dominant yeah. traits. I took this test, and so I mean it's not it's not like a valid, reliable test, but it's one of, of those course. tests. Yeah. So it's just like just what fe feminine or masculine energy and trait, and mm -hmm. I came out more masculine. Like my masculine mm -hmm. traits um, were dominant. I still had a lot of feminine qualities, but my masculine traits over um exceeded my feminine traits according to this test and let me tell you something i'm not gonna put them on blast but um yeah. also took the same test because i was like i want to see what you come out like yeah so this is interesting and this was years ago so it may have changed um yeah. and maybe i'll put the test off oh, that would be fun yeah but um his feminine energy and my feminine energy were at the same exact level mm same exact level but the difference was my masculine energy was way higher and his was way low according to this test so according to this test i had more masculine energy my masculine traits were more dominant and my brother's feminine qualities were more dominant okay and if you look at us if you look at us he is more of the nurturing emotive passionate poetic creative person yeah. i am more of like the analytical like very like okay but no let's let's get things done kind of more assertive in your face person yeah like okay so when you say this entire time i'm just thinking about how so doesn't i mean it makes sense and i get why it makes sense the traditional roles and and and, and the terminology attached to the connotation of, of everything that happened but i'm also thinking about my dad and my mom my mom was yes math was all about thinking yeah my mom and my dad too yeah. like mommy was more, mommy's an accountant she's exactly. the one running yeah. the numbers she's doing all these things papa's yeah. the one like doing art and he's the one that like showed us how to like be creative in that artistic way exactly. of creating things mom would sit there and be like i don't know anything about art girls you better talk to your dad that's that was my mom that was literally my mom like my mom like <clears throat> she wasn't a traditional crafty mom <laughs> she was she was like okay 
I'm going to take care of the finances, but it's because I like math. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, like whatever. My dad, he loves to read. He's very like, mm. like poetic. He's very like, oh, creative. Whenever, like you said, I, you mentioned this on the Father's Day episode, but like he would tell stories, like going to bed, he would come up with these crazy stories. Yes! And it was so imaginative. And he had like, he was all about building space for imagination. And I remember my mom didn't know how to react to that a lot of the time because I would talk to myself, like joking around. I'd be like, oh, this is my little house. That's exactly what I had with my mom too. And then she She didn't know how to deal with it. Yeah. And then she, I remember like, like my, my godmother would be like, she, she still, still tells me stories and my mom would like sit her down and be like, I don't know what's wrong with my, with Gabriela. Like she's a, talking to herself and like doing these things and she's like well she's using her imagination and she's like I'm just not used to that kind of like energy like what she's doing is different and Hilberto gets it more than me like so I like I that's exactly what happened with me and Papi like me and Papi would sit on the stairs and we would talk and I would ask all these crazy questions and all these things and he'd be like yeah and then you know what what about this and I would try it with mom and she's like girl she's like no (laughs) yeah (laughs) But it's, it is, it's different because feminine is equated to woman, but it's not true. Like their feminine traits are just the more emotional, like creative, passionate things. But it doesn't mean that women have those, you know, it's so, not that women are, well, are the only ones that have those because we so do. Like, it's just I, like not dominant. That makes me think about that makes me think about because like I, I'm an English major and we study a lot etymology which is just the study of words and the history of words and how they came to be and just like the idea and like when you're saying this like I have to readjust my brain because I'm so used to seeing feminine and masculine as uh female like, and male ma- male and female and then now I'm realizing okay this is just uh the etymology is different like this is where it happened originally this is where the the connotation is the same for me because that's how I grew up hearing uh, masculine male, female um, feminine. feminine. However, like it, it's like more of like a historical thing where we have stereotypes and we kind of place people in the box um, and say women are like X, Y, and Z and men are X, Y, and Z. Like the whole idea of like, oh, the logic side of your brain because a lot of the time, like, even in the workplace, sometimes people like don't trust women with uh, certain things because they think that they won't think logically because they will be quote unquote too emotional. Emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or hysterical, which I hate that word. Hate um, that word. I've been told I've been called that many times by men by men. But um Did you punch him in the face? That's my oh, answer. I should have. I should have. <laughs> this was way back in the day when I didn't know how to defend myself. But, oh man. But, um like it was you know, so, like, hearing that is kind of, like, it's an adjustment for me. Yeah. Uh, so, it's, like, really weird, because then I'm just, like, because, like, my, my natural reaction is to get angry, because I'm, like, I'm logical, and then I'm, like, damn it, like, you know what I mean? Um, but it, it's just, like, okay, it's different. These are the words, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's who I'm supposed to be. Yeah, um, and I think, and again, it's just my understanding of it and the way I kind of interpreted it. Um, but I also think um, we live in a very masculine-driven society and culture. Not and like it, it's again, it's 
it's almost like the, the effects of patriarchy, I would think, uh, of what, because when you asked, you said, why, like, why is it, why can't you be a woman and be strong? Like, you, you asked me, why is it emasculating to be strong? Well, the, and that's what brought this all up. It's just like, the fact is, my, my way of thinking is, there is a strength in femininity that is different than the strength in masculinity. And as a woman trying to compensate for feeling um, like limited just because of generational issues and, and just a patriarchal society, mm -hmm. um, a lot of women and myself, I'll, I'll talk about me, it's just like, um, will take on, I will take on masculine energy in order to compensate almost like because we live in a patriarchal society where being organized and tough and all these things is considered um almost stronger and more empowering okay right so um i take on these masculine traits in order to be um strong in society's view yeah. when i don't have to be strong in that way is what I'm kind of working on, of being able, I can be strong in my tenderness. Yeah. Because I learned that with the women in my life, mm -hmm. that I don't have to, like when I'm in this guard and this feeling of like, like the strong women, quote unquote, were very masculine, like I'm not gonna let nobody mess with me like this, da 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 da. But the strength that I felt through Mama Ramonita was her femininity. In her softness is where I felt strength. Because when I would come in like da 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 da, she would break that down by being tender and being empathetic and That's seeing what was going on. Yeah. yeah, and it's a different strength. That is the strength, the yeah. feminine strength that I'm trying to cultivate of being able to not react in aggression, but in empathy and compassion, um, and being able to be attuned um, to somebody's needs and to my needs without it being challenging and that's what i consider to be the feminine strength that either man or woman can um express and cultivate but the feminine energy of just being able to like squash things and just to be like i see you mm -hmm. wow that's some deep stuff I never... i've been doing a lot of work on on cultivating my feminine energy because i have squashed that so much i've been doing a lot a lot a lot a lot, a lot of work on embracing my femininity and not seeing it as weaker as Ooh. i've been perceived to uh yeah. wow this is like hitting me really hard because many reasons one of the reasons is women are told that they have to be skinny and tiny and small. Ugh. And that's like, <laughs> and then men are told that they need to bulk up and they need to be like, have six packs and like take up more space. Whereas the woman is told to be so small that they almost disappear. And yeah. that idea is just so annoying because I never realized how much that even came into my own life. I didn't even realize how much that affected who I wanted to be, what kind of woman I would want to be, mm -hmm. because I have the opposite problem. I want to have more masculine energy, quote unquote. Like I want mm. to appear intimidating a little Bye. bit more 
because I because I want to be respected and that's that's the bam part. exactly bam I want and then the thing is I was talking to also we always talk about him and that's the, and that's a challenge like that's the challenge yeah. of like we think that we're only respected if we have masculine energy and it's just like even even though it's the women that's coming up, you know, and there's like, there's this, this, um, this shift of woman power and girl power, which is a beautiful thing. Yeah. My question is always like, are we doing it with feminine energy or are we just taking on the masculine energy and adopting that as women? Yeah, that's absolutely true. We should be valuing those aspects that are considered feminine just as much as we value the aspects that we consider because I think about like it's it's applauded and encouraged and great now that women um, are able like as we were talking about our family are able to go and and be in the workforce and be professional and do all these things but I still see a backlash of if a woman or a man you know this is where I'm like if a man chooses to be home to raise a family it's looked down upon yeah you know and even if a woman says no i'm not gonna work i'm gonna stay home it's still looked down upon yeah. like why wouldn't you do both and it's again feminine qualities are not as valued as ma masculine qualities yeah whether it's a woman or a man who, who performs them that makes me think about even the snapchat i sent you earlier <laughs> or just the fact that like i felt like i had to be intimidating in order to gain respect when it's not like you said and you, we talked about this it's not about um me having to change in order to gain respect it's people having to just respect me because i'm me and that is something i literally just learned like 22 i know 22 is not too old but like 22 years and i've never ever thought of that i never thought that i would just like just naturally deserve that respect versus earning it and a lot of the times i was trying to earn it through masculine qualities that i girl you were trying to change your voice tone you were yeah. i was like and i still do that like to this point like like when I'm not being taken seriously, like, I start talking like this. Or, like, I'm told I can't smile when I'm saying something. When, like, or, like, not even that. Or, like, I can't say this in the tone of voice that I, that I have. Like, this is just my natural tone of voice. I shouldn't mm -hmm. have to make it more stern in order for someone to listen to me. Because this is who I am. And when I'm not listened to until I'm screaming, until I'm hitting something, until I'm, I'm practically like, Explo like maybe, you know, you're being aggressive, essentially being aggressive. That's a problem. That's, that's such a problem. And it's not, like you said, it's not about women like can be like that. Women can be aggressive, whatever, yeah. but no, you, I don't need to be aggressive for you to listen to me. I should be able to just be me. And just look you in the eyes and say, hey, I don't like this. Or, hey, respect me. And you should respect me because I, I'm me. And we don't need to earn that respect. We should just have it. And like you said, it's about the people you surround yourself with. It sucks that we have to feel like we have to be more masculine in order to be respected when we should just be respected in our femininity. And we should just be respected in general. <laughs> 
but um yeah, yeah. um but i think again like we still have a lot of work to do mm-hmm. as a society um as we were talking about like just our, dude it's only like two generations like from our grandmothers to our mothers the drastic change of being told no you can't to all of a sudden having like this empowerment of women who are able to do things that they weren't able to do before it's like a big swing um that women can um and are able to do what they can and they can have it all you know like this is the message that our moms receive like you ha- you can have a family and you can have a, a marriage and you can have kids and you can have a profession and you can have a career and you could do all of it you could do everything yeah right and now like that went from a pendulum swing from where our grandfather grandparents were where it's just like no you can't so now like i think we're 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 coming to a point where as a society we're still working on okay this whole women can do everything is not really working we also need um support in being able to care for families and being able to have a career like and and that men can step up into these roles as well that there is more of support in community and society of building each other up and allowing ourselves to choose choose for ourselves that not just one end has to carry most of the burden um whether it's one side or the other but having a mutual respect for um the different masculine and feminine energies and how they complement each other and allowing us to really choose for ourselves what path we want to take without being limited or overburdened because we have to do something uh, so just because we can do anything doesn't mean we have to do everything <laughs> yes because that's a big um a big message that i've been unpacking of just because I can do all these things doesn't mean I have to do all of the things. That is exactly what we learn about women is that we have to do everything. Um, and those are things that I, like we mentioned, we're unlearning of allowing ourselves permission to be imperfect, um, to be vulnerable, to seek help, to be strong and energetic to be all these things that we choose to be but allowing ourselves the permission to just be yeah what are you grateful for i'm grateful for my feminine energy oh what are you grateful for oh i am grateful hmm because you said feminine energy and like part of me is like i want to say my masculine energy (laughs) just just because i have like that oh i want to be different but i am grateful for the opportunity to learn i can be whole Hmm. if that makes sense yeah like to embrace my feminine energy and to really embrace it and love it and nurture it and see it for what it is without judgment um, and to step into it and 
to be able to do the same with my masculine energy and not critique and judge it and but be able to have both parts of who I am and be whole. Yeah. So I'm thank you thankful for therapy. Thank you, therapist. Thank <laughs> you, therapy. Yo, therapy's been big and helping me figure out how to be a woman. Let me tell you. Shout out to all my therapists who've helped me along the way. <laughs> oh, no. I'm just, yes. mm, that's good, but I've had some bad ones. <laughs> but that doesn't matter. That's fine. You know what? There are some bad therapists coming from a therapist. There are some bad therapists, and there's some really good ones. Yeah, um, their good ones make it worth it, though. Yeah, man. Oh, man. Just got to find the right one. Um, so, with that being said, thank you guys. Thank you, Gavi, for sharing your space and your stories. Thank you, um, homies who are listening and watching us. Thank you for the support. Um, follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Um, we are on I Am Here Pod on both platforms. Message us. Let us know your thoughts. Challenge us. Correct me if I was wrong because I know I, I, I may be saying some things. But um, let us know your stories too. Yes. Um, message us also on our email is I am here pod at gmail.com mm -hmm. and subscribe, uh, share, let us know um, mm -hmm. what you want us to talk about next. And we are immensely grateful and glad mm -hmm. that you are here. Thank you for being here with us.